Welcome to Just Ahead Podcast. My name is Adele Dujardin, teacher turned life and leadership coach with a passion for helping others live a life that is happily theirs. Through interviews with folks five to ten years out of college, you will hear how they have carved out satisfying careers of all kinds. Here I speak with Shivani Badaji to learn how after graduating from Rutgers University with a degree in human resource management and services, she is years later a professional choreographer, dancer, and founder of the Garukul Dance School in Northern New Jersey. All right. Well, hello and good afternoon. Well, here we are for the podcast series Just Out, and I'm speaking with Shivani Badki today. So Shivani, why don't you just first tell us right now, just a quick snippet before we really start to chat, what it is you do. Sure. I'm full-time doing dance and teaching. I have a um, Indian dance school called the Gurukul Performing Arts, and um, we specialize in Indian classical, specific type of Indian classical called Kathak, um, and we do a little bit of Bollywood, um, but that's pretty much what I do full-time. I run the school, and I teach, um, and I perform, so so dance. Yeah, so that's a lot of it. So it's called the Guru of Performing Arts, did you say? It's called the Gurukul. So um, uh-huh. in ancient India, yeah, a Gurukul would be actually kind of like an ashram where okay. people would um, stay and there's a big community aspect to it. So everyone would basically, you know, in that time would stay at the, um, the house or the ashram or the Gurukul. Uh-huh. They would learn lots of different things. They would help out in the cleaning, the cooking. It was just a very community aspect. And when I learned dance, there was such a huge community aspect to it, and I wanted to bring that to my students in my school as well, which is why um, it's called the Gurukul. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit what brought you to creating this whole business. Yeah, sure. So um, I was learning dance all my life, and specifically Kathak. My mom also has her master's in the same Indian classical form. Um, so she always wanted me to to learn as well. So I started learning dance, and I was always, I, I loved it, and I was always extremely committed to it, but I guess I didn't really see it as a full-time career, which most people who go into the performing arts don't, right? We, we think of it as an extracurricular, and it's not really the center of our world as much. And then when I went to college, I did an internship in college, which was in HR. And obviously, you're sitting at a desk the whole day, and you're doing work at a desk the whole day. And I kind of hated that. <laughs> I love the HR aspect. I really did enjoy the business aspect of it, but I really just really did not want to sit at a desk all day. And, and I missed being in that studio atmosphere. So I was like, okay, I think I actually really need to do dance full time. I think this is what I'm supposed to do. Um, and I started training a lot. And then after that in college, I, I had to make the decision of, okay, so dance is a very, and performing arts are a very big world. Am I going to work in the, in the business aspect of things and work for a bigger company? Um, so I did intern at New York City Ballet and American Ballet Theater for a little bit, yeah, kind of on their development on. side. Hold on one second. Yeah. <laughs> so many que- I've got so many questions here. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, so you were dancing throughout your childhood, it sounds like. But as you said, more in the extracurricular, thinking, and I, I then will pursue a career, and dance will always be a part of my life. And in college, Correct. were you dancing still? Yes, a lot. Um, so I did a minor in dance at Rutgers, mm-hmm. and I also was um, completing a lot of uh, intensives and things like that in New York. So it was very, I, I was an HR in psychology major, 
in, in college with a minor in dance, only because there is no college or university in the States, which will let me do a major in my specific type of style, right? So I used most of my college time to really train in ballet and jazz um, and contemporary, because although I had like really small glimpses of that when I was in my childhood, when I was learning dance, it was mostly Indian based and I wanted to get other styles as well. So that's what my biggest focus was in college. Okay. So the psychology and the dance, dance minor, yeah, and then psychology. Okay, yes, I'm really interested in human behavior. Let me check Correct. out you resource part of the business world, and it was absolutely as you said, just no, 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 no. I'm sitting, <laughs> and this just feels totally wrong. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I I liked how. Um, you know, learning about HR and psychology. Um, I specifically focused in child psychology. So that was, I, you know, I always loved working with kids and stuff. So I knew I wanted glimpses of that. And the reality is if I was going to open a dance school, I have to learn about business. I have to know how, understand how a business works. And I can't just think like a dancer and performer. I have to think like a business owner. I have to think about how do I market my business? How do I understand people? What it is that people want? How do the needs of my community apply to my school? You know? So I wanted to get the full perspective. So that just kind of opened up your lens to what you really wanted to do. So and at the same time, you're focusing. It opened up like, oh my gosh, this is where I want to go. And then the focus of the, the question, well, where do I go and dance? You, that's what you'd started to ask earlier. Exactly. Exactly. Again, you could be a dancer yourself. You could belong to a big troupe. You could be a choreographer. What were some other ideas that came to you? Yeah. So, um, I could, yeah, I could work for another company. I could be a a traveling or touring performer with another company or a, a solo touring or traveling performer, which would be very, very difficult. I could choreograph, I could, and there are two, two lines of choreography. Even I could choreograph for, uh, stage shows or I could choreograph for film because, film and that technology has also really broadened the world of dance you know and even if i wanted to teach would i want to teach just a lot of times traveling performers teach but like private classes and not necessarily in a school format so that you know i had to and and then i was like do should i do this full time or should i do it part time you know that, that was my first question and then everything else kind of you know fell off of that. What were some of the things that informed those decisions? I think one was financial reality, <laughs> I would say, um, is that if I, if I wanted to be a traveling touring performer in my specific style of dance, that may not have been possible in the US because I don't know if there was enough demand or even knowledge of the type of dance I was doing. So that would probably mean that I would have to go back to India at least for you know two or three years. Would that even be possible, right? So that was one question I had. And then the other idea is that when I have a school, I do have some financial stability, right? So I have a certain amount of people um, who are always going to be coming in and out. And I think the last thing was that I really loved working with people and kids. I love kids and I love kind of being able to be there from their when they're really young and being a positive and I, and I take my job very seriously. So I like, I want to be a positive influence for them. I want to 
be a sounding board. And even if they felt uncomfortable talking to their parents, because I had that, you know, so I wanted to kind of give that back. (laughs) Yeah, fabulous. I'm hearing so many things here. I'm hearing that you married the psychology really with your business. And I also hear that when you started out that you thought very practically and also allowed yourself to dream. Yeah, I definitely tried to do both where obviously I was choosing, choosing dance or performing arts from the beginning is, is always going to be a risk of some, uh, of some level. And then it was, okay, what kind of risk am I truly comfortable with where I can truly flourish and still do it? And, and I think I found that with the school, I'm still able to, to do a lot of performing and touring to a certain extent. I'm still able to do that. And I, and I want to continue to be able to do that because it's wonderful. I still don't want to, you know, not be able to perform and all of that. So I, I feel like I've still been able to do that as well. Yeah, yeah wonderful. So that your own creative desires are met. Exactly. And you yourself as a dancer are still dancing and performing. Absolutely. And there's still so much to learn, you know? (laughs) Right. And and what I'm hearing you there say there is learning is a big value of yours. Yeah, definitely. And I think the more that I can keep learning, the more I'm giving back to my students, right? Mm -hmm. So the more I keep going, the more they also keep going. And it's good for them to also see, you know, me collaborating with other choreographers and dance teachers and learning different styles of dance. And then hopefully that'll inspire them to also do that, whether they pursue it full time or not. Yeah, yeah. And how many years ago was this that you, you left or graduated college? Not that you didn't leave, you did finish. I graduated in winter, end of 2016. Yeah, so gosh, we're 2020. And like, tell us some of the first steps and how big the business was then versus now, some hurdles you had to overcome, any, you know, emotionally, where were you when you started? Sure, yeah. So um, after when I was, so I graduated a little bit early. So I graduated in winter, technically. And that whole time, the last semester I was doing, I was actually part of an off-Broadway production. And it was really awesome. That was my first, I feel like, real, you know, we did a three-week series of shows and I had shows every single night. So it was very difficult balancing, okay, I still have to go to school during the day and study, but then also take a train into New York and do a full, you know, two-hour show performance. So it, it, but it was really nice for me because I may not be able to do something that big of a commitment performance wise, like a full three week set of shows for a few years, at least until my business kind of gets a little bit larger. What do you think you did well that helped you balance that school and dance life at that point? Because I, you know, there's other people who maybe want to do something similar. I would say a combination of time management and just personal discipline. So, you know, there were a lot of things in that I couldn't do my last semester as a, you know, typical college experience, which I did, you know, give up. I, I, I did hang out with a lot of friends and I did all of that, but I wasn't able to do a lot of stuff in my college specifically because I was obviously going to New York every single day. Um, so that was a little bit difficult. And then just making sure for myself that, hey, I I have to wake up early, I have to study, I have to go to class, I have to do all of these things because for me, there was always an ultimate goal in mind. So staying focused towards that ultimate goal, like, hey, I, I know this is going to be a little bit difficult right now, but the payoff is going to be so huge and rewarding and satisfying. And also, 
I genuinely loved it. I genuinely loved being part of that production. I, I didn't feel like I missed anything out because I just had such a blast. It was, I don't even remember the, the late night studying and studying on the NJ transit back from New York because I just remember that wonderful production and how much I learned and how much I grew um, watching it. And, and because it was, you know, it was an actual show that was put out, I had all of my friends come and see it. And uh, Karishma was there as well, actually. <laughs> and so then they were like, okay, hey, wow, that's what she's been doing. That's amazing. So then, and of course, intense support from my family and friends. That has always been there. And because of that, it's always been very comfortable to make those decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. So your, your appetite was wet and you were able to say no easily because you kept that goal right there. Exactly. So you graduated early. And then, yeah. So I started with, I would say, like 15 to 20 students. How? Um, I had How? <laughs> Where? I think the most important thing was if I wanted to be a business in the community, I have to develop a relationship with my community. It was easier because I grew up in this town, so it's easier for me to build that relationship. So I did a lot of like nonprofit community events. So like PTA events at the schools and a lot of, you know, in the spring, there's a lot of nonprofit dance and music shows. So I would do a lot of those and have just a table set up there. And I did a lot of social media marketing, which meant, you know, Facebook and mom groups on Facebook and WhatsApp and that kind of thing. And then I would just go out and hand flyers. Like we would just walk around for two, three hours and just hand flyers and just talk to people. Because I think when you have a teacher, it's not just, oh, I'm teaching dance and you need to be good at dancing. You also have to be a nice person and a kind person with good values and, and good leadership and the inspiring, there's so much more to that. So I wanted people to be comfortable with me as a person and really like me as a person as well. And then, okay, here are all the videos of me dancing and you can also, you know, have that. Yeah, so um, the idea of getting, of getting yourself out there. So they're buying you as much as your expertise in the dance. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then we had a little, um, so I think we started in January the next year. Did you start right away or, or January a year from the 2016? No, I started right away. So wow. And where? December. In my house. <laughs> I started teaching in my house or their house. Um, and then when we had bigger rehearsals, I would rent out a studio from the ballet school nearby. And so we could, you know, I taught them with classical, it is a slower progression. It's not like, it's like ballet, right? You know, you're not going to learn a full song right away. It's a lot of, you know, just basic technique first. Um, but I did teach them, you know, a fun like Bollywood song so that when we had a little recital, we had, it was like a 45 minute show or something really short, but it was just nice to have the pair for the parents as well to see, okay, this is what they've been doing and they can perform it, you know? And did you focus on one age group? I, I think I would say I would have two different batches. I had two different batches in the beginning. I had one, which was, you know, five and six-year-olds, like, in that age group. And then I had another batch, which was 10, 11 years old. So not too far apart from each other, but those were the two different batches. Yeah. What were any hurdles that you had? It sounds like you really, you know, hit the ground running. You, you gathered a good group to start. You had your home that you could use. Yeah, any, any hurdles? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I'm still facing, <laughs> you know, um, but I think the biggest thing 
that was a little bit difficult for me, two things I would say. First is I was teaching a classical dance and not a Bollywood, more, you know, freer dance style. So convincing parents that this is the right way to go in, in a more structured setting was difficult because the it's it's not instant reward, right? It's not like, okay, in three months, she's going to be able to do this full dance. But if you just wait, then in eight to 10 years, she's going to be a fabulous, amazing trained dancer. And convincing parents to, to do that was really, really difficult. And I do think that there is a, a little bit of a generational difference between, you know, when my mom was taking a dance class versus mom's right now, where, and this, even for the kids with so much technology, just everything's so instant that can, telling them to take the patience, practicing three times a week, dedicating yourself to an art, convincing them to take that is has been a little bit difficult. But I think once, you know, now it's a little bit easier because now I do have students who've been with me since the beginning and they can see that, right? So they can see students who've been with me since the beginning and how good they are already. So they're like, okay, now I have actual evidence, which was good. So you went into your enrollment process knowing that this education piece was necessary. Definitely. I knew it was going to happen. And I do still teach them other songs on the side. So every time we have a nonprofit show that we're going to perform at, I do teach them songs. So now if their children had just been learning those songs and now are doing classical and learning those songs, they can actually see their kids learning them so quickly, so much faster. There's, I barely have to do anything. It's like I almost just show them the steps and they get it. And so even their learning has increased so much, right? Or even being in school and going to other classes, their focus is so much better. So once wow. they see how their confidence and focus and everything is improving as a whole, and now that I'm a little bit bigger, I don't even have to say anything. The parents convince each other, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, it's easy for them to talk to other parents in the class and then understand it from that perspective as well. So it's not just me who's a teacher saying it. Yeah, really interesting. And what else do you think you've done? You can also share other hurdles, but I'm curious to some qualities in yourself or things you've had to develop in yourself to be, be successful right off the bat. I think there's a lot of patience and understanding involved. Obviously, patience with just different people. You know, with now, we started off with 15 or 20 students, and now we have like 75 or 80. So we've grown tremendously, which is wonderful. But then also understanding that when you have that many people, there are that many personalities. And not everyone is going to act or do what you think they're going to act or do, but really being understanding and patient with it. And, and you know, for, for, I, for me, it's my life, but for most of them, it is an extracurricular activity. And some of them will be more dedicated than others. And that's totally, totally fine. But just kind of coming to terms with that. And, you know, everyone's dealing with a lot of stuff constantly, you know, so how do I make sure that I'm making this as easy as I can for them while still holding on to my sanity. <laughs> so that I think that's just comes with, I think time also, and then learning what people are going to say and when, and I think this situation was very unique. Uh, what we're in right now for me to even develop a little bit of that was okay. Now, now we're at home. Now everyone's at home and how am I going to still continue my classes 
and make this an easy process for everyone so that I can still bring dance to their lives, but it can be easier for, for the parents to organize everything and do what they need to do. So yeah, I think I a hear, lot of patience and understanding. Yeah, patience and understanding. And I feel, I feel involved in that understanding is this ability of yours to see the other's perspective. Absolutely. Yeah, see the other side. And, yeah. and I personally like anticipating the questions that they're going to ask or the, the problems that they're going to have and then already having solutions par- prepared for it so that when they're reading the whole thing and they're done, they're like, okay, yeah, I got it. I, I'm cool. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so no, I, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's fun that you're laughing because that, that's the image I have of you that it's almost game-like for you in the best sense of the word, you know, that you're, you're yeah. seeing, you're like, wait, I'm going to go sit in their seat and think about what they're thinking and what they're worried about or what they want. And then, and then you hop back to your seat to plan for them. And, and you correct. Know, right. With an idea of centeredness, because you, you're not really giving anything up. You're just really trying to make it very comprehensive so that you're not forcing all your wish lists to, to an extent that it repulses rather than attracts. Correct. And I, I think the biggest thing is I would always rather be the logistics, the logistics of my school be comfortable for the parents so that they will agree with all of the technique and training that I want to do, right? So that they leave that trust in me and I don't have to compromise on any of that because for me, that's the most important thing. You know, if you come to me and you have all of these hurdles of like timing of the class and scheduling, which is usually the biggest one, I would rather help you solve those and then all of the training be perfect and all of the technique be really, really good and you trust me in that and that's not a problem at all. That's my biggest thing. Yeah. yeah. So you're at 75 <laughs> students now. Yes. Congra- yeah. Congratulations. And did you have a, a, a growth chart in mind? Did a little bit. I think in the beginning, I was like, okay, if every year I can kind of increase by 25. I, I thought of that. And then I did let that go at some point, And I just kind of looked at it as some growth because a lot of the, a lot of people will come in in like September or January. Those are huge months for getting new students in. And then no, not all of them will stay, obviously. Like 50% of them are going to drop off because the commitment to classical is pretty big. You know, it's not, it's not a small commitment. I do expect a a good amount of commitment because of how technical the art is. Um, So I do expect that. But I think for me also, the biggest thing is I see a, the, the parents being more trusting with me in terms of their dance education and B the kids who have, you know, I have a couple few senior students who have started with me from when I first started my house they have so I'm like okay now I know that my technique and my my style of dance education that I'm implementing is working so now that I know it's working I know that my business growth will also follow as long as I'm doing the right steps in terms of marketing myself in the business Mm -hmm. Um, did you have a business partner Uh, Are you still in your home? How did you expand? You know, I've got a lot of questions around the business growth aspect and the finance. Sure. So I am technically, I don't have a business partner, but I do have my mom a tremendous amount of work in the business, obviously, because she has her master's in Kathak as well. 
And she kind of handles all the costuming, which is huge because we have to go to India and get the fabric and get that made there. And then it ships over here. So it's a huge, huge process, which is very complicated. Um, but she really knows how to make wonderful costumes. So I've been very lucky. And it, it also helps to have her there as a teacher and as someone who I can just bounce ideas off of, like, how does this look visually? And and mostly also because with with the kind of dance I do, I can't have anyone who hasn't learned from me teach my classes. So that adds also a, a, a somewhat of an issue because I, if I want to take a week off and, or, or a day off, I can't necessarily have anyone teach my classes. It has to be someone who has trained with me. So now that my students are getting a little bit se- of seniors, I can have my mom and dad handle the classes when I'm not there, which has been a huge help. Once, So we started in January and then we had a mini recital in, in June that year. And in September of that year, I got an actual studio location. So um, we do have a main studio location now. And then we also, I also teach in Jersey City as well. So I rent out a studio there, but we do have a main studio location and another location. I will say I was the one who was a little bit hesitant to get a main studio location because I was concerned about being able to pay the rent and then you know, even if I didn't make a profit, but still not be at a loss, you know, every month paying the rent, but it makes a huge difference. And also with a dance studio, it's not just an office space. I have to put in flooring. I have to put in mirroring. And, you know, just thinking about all of that, I was a little bit hesitant about it, but it was absolutely the right decision because it's a real studio, right? So, you know, It has to be there. There was never a question that at some point I was going to have to get an actual studio location. (laughs) Did you take out a loan to do that for the initial lease and construction? Actually, was able to to pay everything myself, which was lucky. I was still living at home, obviously, so I didn't have any other crazy expenses or anything like that. Um, But between January and Um, I think we moved in in November. So between January and November of that month, I had um, saved up enough money to be able to pay for everything. And by the time we moved in, I think we had like 40 students, I think, if I'm remembering correctly. So I did have enough students coming in that every month I was able to, um, to pay everything. And that's, I was, I'm, I'm very, I would say financially cautious. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'm only going to make those decisions to go to the next step when I feel comfortable enough that I'm going to be able to pay all or at least most of it and be independent about that. <laughs> awesome. So you, it sounds like you've been profitable from the beginning. Yeah. I'm, I'm lucky. <laughs> I'm definitely lucky. And I have wonderful family and friends who support me throughout it. And being able to live at home was also a big support so that I would be able to get my business started and, and let it flourish. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and one of the things I keep hearing is just this kind of bit of a little giggle or just like there's that there's a happiness to you. And I'm just Wondering if you could just expand on that because I feel almost like your work is play. Oh yeah, absolutely. I I 
I just, I really honestly love what I do so much. And I'm not even talking about the dance aspect of it. I'm talking about the general teaching, just being around my students and my kids, which has been so difficult this past week that I haven't been able to actually see them in person. Um, and I just, I, I love being in their lives and being able to talk to them and, you know, just hearing about their day, what happened at school and someone, you know, the high schooler is telling me about all their drama even. Um, I just, I, I love just being in that. And when you're in a dance class, it just, there's always just like a little buzz constantly. So in our type of dance, we wear bells around our ankles. They're called gurus. Um, so everything we do makes a lot of noise. It's very rhythmic. So everyone's constantly wearing those bells. So I hear a lot of like, like little kid talking and like all the bells and just like the rhythm and having all of that like that environment I love it so much I that's you know that's where I'm most comfortable I love being in that in that setting and in the studio yeah I can I can hear that (laughs) and I can feel it and I now really can imagine it and how delightful for you that you're just infused with so much joy from what you're doing oh yeah and and honestly like kids just give you the most pure love and I feel so lucky to to have that and I treat it with a lot of respect and I want to make sure I can kind of live up to their versions of who I am you know (laughs) I always take that very seriously but I want to constantly you know be there for them yeah and what what are some of your next steps So I do want to expand even more, hopefully more locations. For me, I do have to wait a few more years till I have students who go into the more senior advanced aspects uh, of Gatak. So the way that our classical art works, it does take about eight to 10 years to finish our full course, which is a long time, but if they start very young, it's not really that long. Um, so I do have to wait a few years till, till they reach that point and I'm able to expand. But I also do love other, there's technically eight main classical dances of India, and I do hope to you know, expand more classes into these into the other styles. But I do, I know that'll take a little, a few more years till I'm able to do that. But I, I do want to do that eventually. Yeah, well, with your uh, foresight and discipline and joie de vivre and organization, I'm sure that'll happen. It also seems like your following really appreciates what you're offering. And my last question is this, what advice do you want to give to those in college and trying to figure out their steps career-wise? I think it would be to stay focused. I think that's the biggest thing. I think if there's something that you're really passionate about um, and that you really want, stay focused on your goal and really give it your all. I think if you don't give it your full 100%, you're never truly going to know whether you're capable of doing that or not. And and you most probably are. If you're if you're really passionate about it, you probably are. So just give it your full 100%. Don't and give it your full hardest try, stay really focused on that. And then you'll know if, if you're capable of it, which you probably are. <laughs> yeah. And I'm wondering, and maybe you're not able to add to this. What if someone doesn't have something as evident as you did, like dance? I think that a lot of times there is something, but we just don't know it. So I think that if you are in a situation where, where you may like your job, but you feel like you don't love it, I guess, continue exploring. 
you never know what's going to surprise you and what you're truly going to love. So continue doing things that make you happy so you can find that. Wow. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. I had such a great time. And just for our listeners, you didn't mention the date. Today is March 23rd, 2020. And I, I bring that up now because there were several times in our interview that Shivani talked about her virtual classes and not seeing her students. And it's because we are in the midst of the COVID-19 outbreak. And here in New Jersey, especially, we've been uh, restricted as orders of the governor. Um, Shivani, I want to thank you. I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a great time talking to you as well. Yes, thank you. Thanks for listening to Just Ahead. Be sure to rate and subscribe our podcast so you never miss an episode. If you'd like to learn more about me, visit my website at www.agoodlife.coach or follow me on Instagram at agoodlife.coach. Join us again next week to hear more folks share the practical and inspirational around their working lives post-college.